You know, it was so encouraging to be able to hear how, in spite of his circumstances, there was a sense of that, the fact that God was in control. You know, when Jesus is at the center of your life, when Jesus is at the center of a church, um, then we can't help but have a sense of peace about where God's at work. And it's been so encouraging to hear uh, where God has been working, and we're looking forward to all that God has for us as we continue to wait on him and move into this year. If you are a, a first-time guest with us at Springbrook this morning, we want to ex- extend a special welcome to you. If you're watching online with us, uh, there should be a, a place for you to click an online connection card. Um, we're glad that you're watching with us online as well. Um, there's a place for you to click up on the right-hand corner. You can click uh, that online connection card. You might have a link uh, in the uh, chat there. But uh, we just encourage you to let us know that you were watching with us this morning. This is a great opportunity for us to let... Uh, just to, for you to let us know that you're watching, it's an opportunity for us to connect with you as well. And so we'd like to get to know you a little bit better. And if you're with us in person this morning, we're glad you're here this morning. You don't know how good it feels to see your faces. And so you've got a connection card that's in your chair. Uh, you can take that and just uh, fill that up. Uh, put your first and your last name on there, uh, the names of any adults that are with you. And then there's a basket towards the back. You can drop those in uh, on the way out uh, this morning. We have our starting point workshop coming up uh, here at Springbrook. If you are new to Springbrook, if you want to know a little bit more about our ministry, uh, some of the foundational biblical principles that kind of guide us, uh, we want to encourage you to sign up for that uh, starting point workshop. It's going to be a Wednesday evening uh, starting on April 22nd. It's a 7 p.m. Zoom call. It lasts for about an hour and a half. It's a two-week uh, workshop. But it's a great opportunity just to get to hear a little bit more about our story, a little bit about what we're about. It's an opportunity for us to get to know you a little bit uh, better. And so if you're interested in that, um, you go to our website, springbrook.org slash connect. Uh, you can sign up for that as well. If you haven't downloaded our app yet, you can do that as well. There's a place for you to uh, click that as well. We have a marriage date night coming up in May. We're excited about um, having uh, another host location here for Springbrook for that event. It's going to be on uh, May 15th it's at 6 p.m. And uh, if you have attended the last one we had, I think, two years ago, it was so much fun. We had over 50 couples. It's just a night of laughter and encouragement uh, in our faith. And so if you want to know more about that, you can go to our website as well. But uh, mark your calendars for that. I guarantee you, you'll have a great time. My wife and I attended that, and we had so much fun. I never laughed so hard. These guys are really good. Uh, they're funny, and the worship is fantastic, and the message will encourage you as well. I also want to let you know that next Sunday, we're kicking off a new series uh, through the book of Revelation, and I'm excited about that. Um, we have been looking at uh, the law on the cross, building up to uh, the fact that Jesus uh, died on the cross. He was resurrected from the grave. We have new life in him. And uh, starting next week, we're going to be looking at um, his final words for us as we uh, anticipate uh, his second return. And so if you are interested in learning a little bit more about that, you can go to our website as well. But I would encourage you to, uh, to join us starting next week uh, for an eight-week series uh, through the book of Revelation. It's going to be fun and uh, looking forward to that. If you have not downloaded our app yet, I'm going to encourage you to do that. You can text uh, Springbrook app um, to 77977 on whatever device you're using. And uh, you'll be able to, uh, that'll drop right on your device. It's a great way to stay connected to Springbrook. You can register events. Um, everything that you need to know about Springbrook, uh, you can find on our app. And so if you have any questions about that, uh, please let us know. Well, last Friday, we celebrated uh, Good Friday. It was an opportunity for us to just to reflect on the life of Jesus. We spent some time reflecting on his life. Um, we looked at the events that led up to his arrest, um, his betrayal. Um, we looked at his death. Uh, the crucifixion and the burial. So that was our focus uh, Friday night. And then we spent some time in communion as we reflected on what that meant for us. Today, we reflect on the fact that he came back to life and he was resurrected. And that is good news. It's good news for us. And so we want to celebrate that today. Um, Jesus was resurrected from the grave. He came back to life to prove that he was who he said he was. 
His resurrection is proof uh, that he is who he claimed to be. And that gives us a guarantee. It gives us a guarantee of having forgiveness. It gives us a guarantee of having new life. It gives us a guarantee of hope. It gives us something to look forward to, not just for eternity, but in this life as well. Jesus came so that we could have life and have it to the full today as well. You know, when it comes to the resurrection of Jesus and faith in him, I tell you, I find uh, all kinds of responses. I love talking to people about uh, what they believe about Jesus. All of the responses that I've uh, encountered personally kind of fall into four different areas. A lot of times when I'm talking to people about Jesus, um, they will consider him, uh, they'll talk about him, but they just do not recognize him for who he is. It's been my experience that everybody I've talked with has at least heard the name Jesus. And so if you have never heard the name Jesus before, and you're here with us this morning, you're listening online, I would love to know if, if that's the case for you. I have never encountered anyone that has not heard the name of Jesus. Everyone that I've talked with has encountered the name. They just haven't had an opportunity to stop and ponder, you know, who he is. I was reading an article last week about uh, Larry King, who uh, passed away at the beginning of this, uh, this year. And uh, Larry King uh, was a uh, self-professed um, agnostic atheist. So I, I was confused right off the bat because those are two different things. And so I think he was kind of confused too. But it was interesting. I was reading the article, and he claimed to, at one point, um, he wanted to interview Jesus. And he wanted to interview Jesus because he wanted to ask him if he really believed that he was born of a virgin. And I thought, well, that's interesting that a, an atheist agnostic, um, well, I'll talk about that. I'm still having to get over that one. Uh, agnostics just need more information. Atheists know there's not a God. And so I'm not sure what he believed. Uh, he was just, con- he was confused about what he believed. <laughs> and so, but I was thinking, you know, if I was going to ask Jesus any question, you know, the Virgin Mary one's a big one, but I'd want to know about the resurrection. I have some other questions that I have for Jesus. You know, most people will consider Jesus, but they will not stop to ponder and think about who he is, and they will not recognize him. And then I talk to some people that, that like the idea of Jesus in the Bible, and maybe they're familiar with some of the, the Bible, or they're familiar with some of the sayings of Jesus. The majority of people have heard about the Ten Commandments, and so the majority of people know about the Ten Commandments. Most people think they're good. Some people have taken down. I don't know. But the majority of people have at least heard about the Ten Commandments. A lot of people will quote the Golden Rule. Everybody likes the Golden Rule. You know, it's you know, about being treated the way you want to treat other people. And so, you know, that's, so a lot of times people will have some familiarity with the Bible, Jesus, um, but they really don't believe it. And they don't, or they'll pick and choose what they believe, uh, but they really don't believe uh, all of Scripture. And then there's some people that just marvel about Jesus. They marvel about him. They marvel about the re- resurrection. Uh, but then it just hasn't changed their life. It hasn't made any difference. Uh, maybe they have a Bible in their closet. You know, maybe they've got a little fish on their car, uh, but their relationship with Christ just really hasn't made any difference. And so a lot of times people marvel at Jesus in the Bible, but they just don't experience life change. Very rarely, very few times do I actually have an opportunity to bump into somebody and have a conversation about their relationship with Christ and get to hear about their genuine belief in the Bible, about their genuine belief in the resurrection and their experience of new life. That's just something that I very rarely run into. The majority of people are not experiencing the fullness of new life in Christ. The majority of people don't have a relationship with Christ. And so it's encouraging to be able to come together and celebrate what we have. But we also have a mission uh, to reach our community. And I don't know where you are this morning, whether you're in person or if you're online. You might find yourself in any one of these areas. 
You know, wherever you find yourself this morning, no matter what your beliefs are, what your doubts are, where you are with your faith, I am so glad that you've chosen to be with us uh, this morning. It doesn't matter if you have doubts. It doesn't matter where you are with your faith. It doesn't matter if you're experiencing new life or life to the full now. What's important is that you don't stay stuck where you're at. We want to encourage people to reflect on and to think about, where are you right now? You know, what do you believe about Jesus? And we want to encourage you to think about what it is that would keep you from taking that next step on your spiritual journey. It's okay that you have doubts and questions. You know, people often responded to Jesus differently, even in Scripture. You know, Jesus and their resurrection, when that happened, there were questions even in Scripture as well. And so we want to look at a passage this morning from the book of Luke, chapter 24. And if you have a Bible with you, you can turn with me there. If you're watching online, there's a little tab down at the bottom that says Bible, and you can click on that, and uh, you can find a Luke, chapter 24 in there. And so, but I want to encourage you um, just to listen uh, with me as we begin to uh, unpack uh, some of the truths uh, from this passage. Luke chapter 24, uh, beginning in verse 1. It was the first day of the week. It was early dawn, and they went to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared. Now, to contextualize that, the lay is, uh, the, the, the they is, is some ladies um, that had been present at the crucifixion. You had Mary uh, Magdalene. Uh, who was one of the women that Jesus cast the demons out of. You had uh, a woman named uh, uh, Joanna. And Joanna's husband was the one that actually managed the household for King Herod. And so she financed a lot of uh, the journey for Jesus and the disciples as well. And so she was with them as well. And then you have Mary, um, who is the uh, Apostle James' mother. And so you have these ladies that were present at the crucifixion that have on the very next day of the week, uh, early in the dawn, went to the tomb, uh, taking their spices that they had prepared. Verse 2, they found that the stone had been rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body of Jesus. They were perplexed about this. And then behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. As they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified on the third day? And so we have these women that show up at the tomb, and uh, it, it's empty, and uh, we find that they are uh, perplexed. You know, it says in uh, uh, verse 4, they were perplexed about, about this event. They were perplexed about the fact that the tomb was empty. And so you have to kind of wonder about this. You know, why were they perplexed? You know, do they, were, do they not remember the things that Jesus had taught? Were they not expecting him to do what he said that he was going to do? You know, had they forgotten it? Did they not believe it? You know, there was some speculation on why they were there with their spices. Uh, some say that they had gone into the city to buy the spices so that they could, uh, so they could honor Jesus as it was appropriate at his uh, death and burial, but they, they didn't get there in time. You know, some people speculate that they were going to the tomb uh, in anticipation of being able to have somebody open the door for them to let them in to put the spices in there. And so we're not quite sure why they showed up with their spices, but what happens is the bottom line is, is they had been told that he was going to die and that he was going to rise from the grave, but they had forgotten or they didn't really believe it. And when they showed up, they're, they're perplexed about this event. And the two men show up to ask them, why are you seeking the living among the dead? He's not here. He's risen. You know, so the two angels question their doubt. 
They're questioning their disbelief. You know, why are you seeking the living among the dead? In other words, why are you looking for life in a tomb? He's not here. Don't you remember? He said he was going to die. He was going to come back to life and be raised for the grave. Now, let me ask you a question. Seriously, is today the first day that you've heard about Jesus? I don't think that's the case for anybody. Is today the first day that you have heard that Jesus rose from the grave? I mean, I've been celebrating Easter for 50 years. I mean, if you're four years old and you're listening today, this could potentially be the first time that you've heard about the resurrection. A lot of times people go through Easter and it's like, well, I don't know, it seems like the thing to do. I grew up thinking it was all about the Easter bunny and candy. And so I don't know, you know, people have all kinds of different understandings about what this day is, but how many have actually never heard that Jesus died and was risen from the grave? I challenge you that in our community, that that's just not the case. Most people know at least what the, what the holiday is about. I mean, they see it everywhere. You, you can't get on Facebook or social media or drive down the street without seeing something about the fact that he has risen. You know what's interesting? That's not the case in every part of the world. We go over to India, we're in Africa, we've got our missionaries there, we take missions trips there. Sometimes we get into areas and they've never heard about Jesus. They've never heard about the resurrection. And we have the privilege and the honor to be a part of taking the gospel into those parts of the world that have never had an opportunity to respond to that truth until every tribe, until every tongue confesses and has an opportunity to hear about Christ. That's what our mission is. But in this area, in this church, in this community, I don't think there's anybody that has not heard this. Most people will consider Jesus. They'll consider him, but they will not recognize him as Lord and Savior. You know, many people are familiar or they've got a Bible locked away. They just don't read it. They don't believe it. They don't apply it. Some people marvel at Jesus. They marvel at Jesus in the Bible. They're just stuck and they're unchanged. And here's what happens. People get stuck. People just get stuck. You know, there was a uh, survey from a guy named George Barna. He's a uh, market research guy. This is an older survey. Um, I couldn't find an updated one, but he published a survey uh, called the State of the Church. And and these are results from uh, a survey that he took amongst a group of people that called themselves Christians. It says that 48% of the people that he interviewed could could not name the four Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Couldn't name any of them. 52% say that they cannot identify more than one or two or three of Jesus' disciples. 60% of Christians can't name more than two or three of the Ten Commandments. You know, 61% of Americans that are Christians think that the Sermon on the Mount was preached by Billy Graham. (laughs) I kind of chuckled about that one. I always wonder how many people haven't heard Billy Graham. (laughs) So maybe if you're familiar with Billy Graham, you date yourself. I don't know. There's people that haven't heard Billy Graham. But the majority of people that were interviewed or took this survey thought he was the one that preached the Sermon on the Mount. 71% of Christians think that the phrase, God helps those who help themselves, is in the Bible. It's not actually, it's the opposite. We're supposed to serve and help the people that are in need. And so when it comes to people's understanding about who Jesus is, in general, most people might think that the Bible and Jesus are good. They just don't know who he is or what he accomplished or what the Bible teaches or what to believe or what's in it. You know, it is okay to have questions and doubts. I want to tell you this morning, it is okay to have questions and doubts. Everyone does. But don't get stuck there. Don't get stuck. 
Listen to what happens in uh, uh, the next couple of verses, beginning in verse 8. It says that the ladies remembered his words, and returning to the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and, and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and the other woman with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed like an idle tale to them, and they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stopping and looking in. He saw the linen clothes lying by themselves, and he went home marveling about what had happened. And so look what happens in verse 11. The ladies returned to the tomb, and they told them everything that happened. They told the 11, the disciples that were with Jesus, everything that happened to them when they got to the tomb. They told them that they went to the tomb. The stone was rolled back. The stone was rolled back. The tomb was empty. Jesus' body was gone, and some angels appeared to us and said, He's alive, remember, just like He said He was going to do. And they're excited. And what happens to the disciples? When they hear that, when they were told those things to the apostles, these words seemed like what? An idle tale. These words seemed like an idle tale, and they did not believe them. Does that seem strange to you? I mean, these are the apostles. These were the guys that were with Jesus. And they heard the news, and it was beyond belief for them. And they did not believe what they were hearing. God is bigger than your doubts. If you have doubts this morning, it's okay to have doubts. But don't stay stuck there. Don't stay stuck God is bigger than your doubts. There are answers to your questions if you will seek to find them. So what doubts do you have this morning? Do you have doubts about Jesus? Do you have doubts about the Bible? Do you have doubts that he cares for every detail of your life, that he has the hairs of the head on your head numbered or not numbered? I mean, do you have any doubts? God is bigger than those things. You know, do you know about Jesus in the Bible? Do you find it's hard to read sometimes? And, you know, maybe you just have a hard time studying it. If you don't have a Bible at home, or if yours is difficult to read, don't be stuck. Get one that's easy to read. You know, we've got some great Bibles, easy Bibles to read. We've got some study Bibles. Don't let a good Bible be the reason that you can't get into it and study it. It's life transforming. Or maybe you're marveling like Peter this morning. Maybe you're marveling at Peter. You've seen this thing and you're marveling, but maybe you still feel like something's missing. A lot of times we we make faith commitments and we think the earth's going to shake and all of a sudden you get up the next day and guess what? Your trials, your tribulations, your problems were still there. You know, sometimes people marvel at their relationship with Christ, but they still feel like there's something missing. You know, maybe maybe you're not seeing your faith make a difference in your life. Don't be stuck. We want to help people to take that next step on their spiritual journey. That's why we exist. Beginning in verse 13, um, there's two of the disciples started to take a walk to a village named uh, Aramaris. And one of the guys' names is Cleopas. And and, uh, they start walking. And I think the other one's one of the disciples because a little bit later we get to hear about the Last Supper. And so they're walking on the road to the Aramaris. And, uh, and they're talking about everything that happened. You know, they're, they're talking about um, with each other about all the things that had happened. It says they walked about seven miles. It was actually seven and a half miles. 
They're walking, and while they're talking, they're discussing these things. Verse 15 says, Jesus himself drew near and went to be with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. Their eyes were kept from recognizing them. They're talking about all the things that they have seen. They're talking about all the things they've heard. And and Jesus himself shows up next to them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. Why do you think their eyes were kept from recognizing him? That's not something that God did to them. It's not as if God was thinking, I don't want them to know about Jesus. The phrase there is reflective of the fact that there was other things their mind was preoccupied by. They were distracted. They weren't stopping to ponder. They didn't ask any questions. They weren't reflecting. They just kind of kept walking. I don't know what they were distracted by. Who knows? Maybe there was some deer. I don't know what they were seeing when they were walking by. They were just distracted. And their eyes were not able to recognize him. What would our lives look like if we read the Bible as much as we watch TV? What would our lives look like if we actually used our cell phone to read the Bible app? I mean, that's a great tool. There's nothing wrong with cell phones. I don't think I use mine to answer my phone hardly at all. And sometimes, you know, I love it when the, I, love, I love listening to Pastor Matt talk about the youth ministry because the kids love it. We're reading the Bible. He was like, I just walk around and check. <laughs> what if we use our phones to read the Bible? There's some great Bible apps out there. The YouVersion Bible app's got great plans, great reading. The first thing I love about my uh, YouVersion Bible app, my phone comes on, there's a little button. I, I do my YouVersion Bible plan first. Do the reading first. You know, use the tools that God's given you to, to keep you from getting distracted from him. You know, I was going to put a slide up, but just to save time, I'm not going to put it up. But it was a slide to show where we could save time. <laughs> if you think about how much time you spend sleeping, working, working with your kids, think about how much time we do for TV, vacations, the God stuff is always at the bottom. When you look at where people spend their time, we spend very little time stopping to recognize what God's doing. You know, there's a phrase very common that says, stop to smell the roses. Great phrase. I'd say, hey, let's stop to evaluate what God's doing in our life. If we will stop and ponder and ask questions, and when we're reading, you know, I like reading through the Bible in the year, but if you're doing that, stop and highlight a verse and go back and park on it. Because we can be reading through the Bible so fast that we don't stop to let anything sink in. We've got to stop being distracted. We get distracted by even good things. Spending time with your kids is a good thing. Reading through the Bible in a year is a good thing. But if we don't stop to ponder and reflect, we get distracted by even good things. You know what? Even though the God stuff is at the bottom, I want to encourage you this morning. This is God stuff. So thanks for being here this morning. Thanks for watching online. This is spending time with God. You worship God this morning. We're listening to God's word proclaimed. We're looking at passages of scripture and we're talking about how do we apply them to our lives. This counts. And so if you're keeping track of your time, put an hour and a half down for God's stuff this morning. <laughs> I don't want to know. Somebody needs to calculate the percentage of that. That's interesting. The disciples were walking with Jesus seven and a half miles. They were talking to Jesus about Jesus. <laughs> I think that's just funny. I got to, uh, just a quick story. So when I, when I first started here, uh, I, I had to drive for an hour. I lived up in Spring Grove. And so we were looking for a house. It took me a while to find a house. It took a year, actually. Uh, but it was funny because I was looking for a house for sale right behind the building over here. So it's back in this cul-de-sac. If you're listening, welcome. You know, it was so funny, though, because uh, they were walking me around. They were showing me the house, and then they got to the backyard. And so, because I wanted to see the backyard, you know, kids, dog. So she opens up the back. I walk out there, and she goes, okay, there's a church back there. 
She said, they're not too bad. <laughs> she said, the music's not too loud. You know, she starts, she said, I know the building's right there. It was before the Arbor Bodies were all grown up. And so she starts talking to the church. I just I was thanking God, don't ask me where I work. <laughs> But it was so funny because she's sitting there talking to me about a church not knowing who I am. And I'm thinking, I'm looking at these disciples. I'm thinking, how long were they walking by Jesus that they just didn't even think to ask, hey, who are you? I mean, seriously. You know, they're, they're walking with Jesus, talking to questions about Jesus. They're so distracted. Um, you know, we, we just, you know, if you get distracted, just, just stop. Breathe deep. Catch your, you know, catch your breath. Take some time to reflect. Don't get stuck in your distractions. And so the disciples are walking and they get closer to town. This whole conversation uh, goes from verses uh, 17 all the way down to uh, verse you know, 28. We're going to pick up on verse 28. They get to uh, closer to town in verse 28. It says they draw near to the village to which they were going. Um, and then uh, he acted, Jesus, uh, he acted as if he was going to go further, but they urged him saying, no, stay with us, stay with us. They were having some really great conversation. Stay with us. For it's towards the evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, he blessed it, and he broke it, and he gave it to them. And I'm thinking, ah, click. Verse 31, their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us while he was talking to us on the road, and while he opened up to us the scriptures? Their hearts were open. Their, their, their hearts were burning. There was something there, but there's something still missing. And until their eyes are opened, it doesn't click, and they believe. Verse 33, they rose that same hour. They returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and those who were with them and gathered together, saying, The Lord has risen indeed. The Lord has risen indeed. He has appeared to Simon, and they told them what happened on the road and how he was known to them by this breaking of bread. Look at verse 31, 32. Their eyes were opened and they recognized him. Have you recognized who Jesus is? Have your eyes been opened to the truth about who he claimed to be, to the truth about the resurrection and what it means to us today? Their eyes were opened, they believed. Their hearts were burning. You know, belief is a heart issue. And so if you try to tackle this from an intellectual perspective, you're going to miss the mark. God is in the business of changing hearts and changing lives. Faith is a matter of the heart. If it could prove it with 100% doubt, it wouldn't be faith. It would be fact. Doubts are okay. Asking questions are okay. But don't get stuck. And knowing that when you make a faith commitment, when you come into a relationship with Christ, when your heart burns for him and you, and you come to the, the point that you believe, you're still going to have questions and that's okay. That's what we're here for. That's what small groups are here for. And that's what this book is for. All the questions that you have are found in Scripture. Their hearts burned while he was talking to them, while he opened up to us the Scriptures. The Bible is life transforming. It changes our hearts. It changes our lives. Where is your heart today? Are your eyes open? In John 6, Jesus says this about himself. No one comes to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. The Holy Spirit is the one that goes before us 
convicting the hearts of men and women to understand their need for a relationship with Christ. You can listen to the best sermon ever preached by the best preacher. And if you come at that without allowing it to change your heart, it does you absolutely no good. We need the Spirit of God to convict our hearts, to open our eyes so that we can see Him with clarity. If you do not have a relationship with Christ this morning, with 100% certainty in your mind, well, 99.9, then the Holy Spirit is external, drawing you towards a relationship with Himself. The Holy Spirit comes into your heart, changes you. The Holy Spirit enters into you. Your eyes get opened, and you are changed. You're made new, and you become a Christ follower. A relationship with Christ is about asking Christ into your heart. It's about saying, God, change my heart. Change my mind. Help me to see you more clearly. Help my heart to burn for your word. Change me and grow me. John 6, is an important passage because we need to be dependent on the Holy Spirit to draw people into a relationship with himself. And if you do not have a relationship with Christ this morning, the Holy Spirit right now is prompting you to say, hey, I should check some things out. Or maybe you've been checking them out for a while and you just say, you know what? I need to overcome my doubt and I just need to step out in faith and make a decision for Christ. Or maybe you've done that and you're feeling stuck and you're still facing trials and tribulations. Jesus says, I overcame those. In me, you find your peace. And you place your faith in the words of Jesus. You need to experience the fullness of life. But it starts by a work of the Holy Spirit. Let's break it out this way. No one. Doesn't say some. Doesn't say no one. No one comes to Jesus. Unless the Father who sent me draws him. And when that happens, we have the assurance that one day he's going to raise us up on the last day and we'll be seated with him in heaven for all eternity. That's the promise. That's the hope that we have today. The Spirit of God draws us into a relationship with himself. He gives us a sense of his presence. He fills us with his spirit. He changes us. And we experience new life. And we experience it to the full. God does the work. And we respond and act. God does the work. We respond. Romans 10 says, If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Having your eyes opened begins with your heart. Moving from doubt to unbelief, to faith, begins with your heart. It begins with your willingness to allow Christ into your life, to reveal the things to him that, through his word that you need to hear or see or study. This is a heart issue. A new life begins with a relationship with Christ. It's the most important decision anyone will make in this life is what they do with Jesus Christ, wherever you spend eternity. And we're not just sitting around waiting for, you know, for heaven. You know, it's a, it's a good thing that our lives are changed. In fact, Paul writes about it in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If anyone is in Christ, he's what? He's a new creation. The old has passed, and behold, the new has come. Christianity is not a religion. It's not about being good. It's not about going to church. It's certainly not about comparing yourselves to other people. There are so many misconceptions about what Christianity is that we have, we've just missed it. We're distracted and our hearts are closed and our eyes are closed and we're not able to see with clarity. This morning, I want to encourage you to open your heart and your eyes to what Christ would have for you. 
If you have doubts, answer questions. If you need to grow in your faith, pick a spot. We'll help you do that. If you've never committed your life to Christ, that is a decision. I pray that you would make a decision with us this morning. This is a great day to celebrate becoming a Christ follower. And so if you want to make a decision for Christ, we're going to talk about that in just a moment. If you have a relationship with Christ, I want to encourage you to continue to grow in your faith, share what you have with others, and, and experience life and life to the full. Heart change replaces doubt and faith. Christianity is about trusting in, having a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's about recognizing the fact that I am, the old is gone and the new has come. And when I became a Christ follower, that was good news. I needed some stuff I wanted to put behind me, and Jesus did that for me. And I was able to step back and work on my relationships and store my relationships. And so if you're looking for a new start this morning, it begins with understanding who you are in Christ. And if you have that and you experience that today, I pray that you're encouraged and you would continue to look for all that God would have for you as you continue to move through this year. Jesus said in John 10, 10, that the thief comes to steal and to kill and destroy I came so that they could have life. We have new life, but guess what else? Have it abundantly. Are you experiencing an abundant life? If you made a faith commitment, I would encourage you to think about your faith story. If you've made a faith commitment, everybody has a faith story. Write that out. Share it with somebody. When you start talking to other people about what Christ has done in your life, I guarantee you it's going to encourage you. It's going to encourage you. It's going to influence the people around you. If you don't know your spiritual gifts, you know, the Bible says every believer has a spiritual gift for the purpose of building up and strengthening the body of Christ so that we can be unified and so we can reach our community for Christ. That's part of living the abundant life. It's finding a place to serve. It's, it's being in fellowship and relationships with others around you. It's about getting connected to a small group where people can encourage you in your walk and pray for you and you can study and, and learn the Bible together. That's what the, that's what the Wessels were talking about this morning. Mike and Hillary were talking about the things that they'd learned in their Bible study and what it means to be a part of a biblical community. And in spite of the tragedy of their health and their circumstances, they were able to have a sense of God's blessing and presence. God's blessing and presence doesn't mean everything's going to go right and everything's going to be you know, hunky-dory, but it does mean that he's going to be present. He's going to give you the strength to get through it. That's a part of the abundant life. Are you experiencing the abundant life this morning? If you're in person with us this morning, uh, you should have a spiritual journey guide that's sitting on your seat. And uh, if you're watching with us online, um, you can go to our website under resources. Uh, there's a place for you to look up, you know, three circles. And um, if you want a copy of this um, spiritual journey guide, I, we will mail you one. And so if you're watching with us online uh, this morning, um, just uh, make sure that you say hello. You can talk to one of our online hosts um, that are there to pray with you right now. And so if you have any questions about anything that we've talked about this morning, if you want one of these spiritual journey guides, just let us know. Uh, we'll stick one of these in the mail to you uh, Monday. And uh, mail. these are a great resource for you to help you think through, you know, where am I now and where am I on my spiritual journey? It's a great resource for you. It will help you to move from doubt to address this heart issue, to move to faith, to be able to experience new life. And so we want to help people to be able to move to, the, not to get stuck, but to experience growth. On the inside of that brochure, if you want to open it up with me, there's a little place for you to just kind of think about, where am I today? You know, everyone is on a spiritual journey, recognized or not. You know, God formed Adam. He made him out of dust, breathed his spirit into him. You're human. And so as a result of being human, you have a spirit, and you are on a spiritual journey, whether you recognize it or not. 
You know, some people, they don't, they're not interested in Christianity. They, they want nothing to do with it. And I figure, I figure there's not one person in this room that wants nothing to do with Christianity. Well, they wouldn't be here, right? There's nobody watching online. I tell you, you don't sit and watch a sermon online for, you know, for 40 minutes, you know, a worship service and not, you know, not be interested. There's a lot of people that are not interested. Have you ever talked to somebody that says, hey, good for you, leave me alone? There's a lot out there. I don't think there's anybody here this morning. But maybe you've got some doubts. Maybe you're here because you're just kind of curious. Hey, you know, it's Easter. Well, let's go check this out. You know, when I, was, when I was as a kid, I got dragged to church by my parents. I went for a little while. I got to college, nothing. Got married. It's like, oh, you take the kids. I'll stay home. I'm not feeling well. You know, but something happened in my life one day. I thought, you know what? I'm going to go check this thing out. And so I showed up at a church. You know, maybe you're here this morning. You're just kind of checking it out. It's Easter. Hey, let's take the family and go to church. Sometimes things happen and you're like, hey, I need answers. I've got questions. I want to know answers. You know, moving from doubts to heart change to genuine faith. We really want to help people understand what it means to have a relationship with Christ. That's where faith comes into play. You're not a Christ follower. You're not a Christian until you have placed your faith in Christ, until he has taken up residence in your life, until you've asked him to come in. You know, he's standing on the outside. We have to ask him in. And that's the point at which we cross the line of faith. We're no longer seeking. We don't have questions. We're now followers. We're now Christ followers. And it's there that you begin to experience new life. If you're looking for new life and you're not willing to commit your life to Christ, then don't expect a new life. You know, those, it, 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 it is a little bit of a problem because it's linear because then at the end it kind of comes back around. But, but you can't experience new life apart from who you are in Christ. And so it begins by making a faith commitment. And it's there that you begin to experience the new life. You'd be able to grow in community. You'd be able to grow in your faith. And then you start living missionally. The fullness of life, the abundant life, comes from the far right. A lot of times people want, you know, well, fix this first and then I'll make a faith commitment. That's not the way it works. You make a faith commitment and God will fix everything. And then you start to grow in your faith. We've got to get the horse in front of the cart. And so I want to encourage you this morning, where are you on your spiritual journey? Are you secure in who you are in Christ? You know, that's the first decision that a person needs to make. You know, if you've never entered into a relationship with Christ, if you're not clear about what that looks like, sometimes we overcomplicate it. It's not complicated at all. In fact, sometimes it's, it's so easy that people just can't believe it's that easy. It's like walking up to the tomb. It's like, wow, it's really empty. I can't believe it. Believe it. It's not the words that get anybody into heaven. But if you believe in your heart... If you believe in your heart that Jesus is the Son of God, if you believe in your heart that his death on the cross paid for your sins, that he came back to life, that he was resurrected from the dead, as best as you know how, you can ask him to come into your life and ask him to be your Lord and Savior. He will change your heart and your mind will grow and you'll begin to experience new life. And so if that's your desire this morning, if you've never had an opportunity to pray that, if you're not sure if you're a Christ follower this morning, today is the day to say, you know what? I don't want to wake up tomorrow and say, I think I'm a Christian. I'm not sure where I'm going. Choose this day to put your doubt aside and take a step of faith so that you begin to experience new life. You can just simply pray this prayer with me this morning. Father, draw me into a relationship with your son, Jesus. I believe that your son, Jesus, is God, that he died on the cross for my sin, that he came back to life, that he was resurrected from the dead. As best as I know how. I'm asking you to come in and and to save me and to be my Lord. If that's your prayer this morning and you heart felt that, then we want to share that decision with you. We want to talk with you about that. We want to encourage you in your faith. 
If you're watching online, there's a little place for you to click, hey, today I want to make a faith commitment. Our online hosts are available to talk with you. If you've got any questions, they'll pray with you. If you're in person with us this morning, on that communication card that you've got with you, on the back there's a place to say, hey, I want to, today I want to make a faith commitment. Or maybe you still have questions. You know, if you have questions, it's okay. But don't be stuck. You know, don't let this Easter go by and be the day that you think, man, I wish I could have put all of my doubts and all my fears aside. You can do that today. So I want to encourage you to let us know how we can uh, help you grow in your faith. If you're online, let us know on that connection card. Um, we're going to be collecting those a little bit later. Um, so on the way out, you can just drop them in the basket. But I just want to thank you for, uh, for celebrating this special day with us today. Um, we are looking forward to all that God has for us as we continue to place our faith in Him and wait on His leading. Um, I hope you have a great Easter, and I want to thank you for being with us this morning. I want you to pray with me, and our worship team is going to come out and lead us in this last song. Father, I just want to thank you. I thank you for the hope that we have in Christ. I thank you for that new life that is available to us. And God, I just pray for my friends this morning that there's somebody here that has questions. Um, God, that you would uh, enable them to find the answers that they're looking for. And that there's people this morning that have made that faith decision. God, we want to celebrate that. Scripture tells us that the Bible and that all the angels in heaven rejoice when one sinner repents. And so, God, I just pray for those that are making faith commitments this morning, God, that you would continue to grow them, surround them with others that can encourage them in their faith. The Christian walk is simple to get into, but it takes some work. And so, God, alleviate distractions from our life. God, I pray that your word would be life-changing for us. God, I thank you that we can celebrate this day. We look forward to all that you have for us. And we commit it to you for your glory. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. If you'll stand with us. Let's sing this last song together. Thanks for being here.